Rush into Old Navy today for up to 40% off store-wide on your favorite styles like jeans from $19 and sweaters from $15 for adults. Plus, redeem your super cash now to save even more at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. 40% off and super cash valid 1021 to 1029. Select styles only. From Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, Gary Holt, and you're listening to the Campfire Cafe on Equestrian Legacy Radio. They said it's two kinds of folks, the ones wear boots and the ones that don't. I believe, darling, you and me hold steady in the boot category. Goodbye, city life and nine-to-five living. Our corporate meetings are held in our kitchen. You can't beat our sweet retirement plan. Don't get sick and work as long as you can. Good morning to our worldwide audience, and welcome to Equestrian Legacy Radio's Campfire Cafe. We have a tremendous show lined up today. 
Our first guest today will be Mary Kay, and that was a song from her CD, Ride a Wide Circle, called Grit, Grace, and Balentwine. And joining us in the second hour of the show, we're going to have our special guest, Jim McGarvey, Executive Director of Backcountry Horsemen of America, and he's bringing with him a legendary outfitter and packer, Mr. Smoke Elzer. So we have a great show lined up, and we invite you to stay tuned for two hours of great entertainment and great music. We want to uh, wish the best to our friends that are in Florida and along the east coast of the country as they deal with this uh, Hurricane Matthew, and so please keep those folks in your prayers. Equestrian Legacy Radio is made possible by our great sponsors that you'll find on our website at equestrianlegacy.net. And those sponsors are the folks in the general store where you'll find everything for the horse lover and folks that just love the Western and equestrian lifestyle. Our Legacy Select horse campgrounds and guest ranches for the finest riding destinations in North America. Be sure and check out our Legacy Select horse campgrounds and guest ranches and if you're looking for a new home on the range or any type of equestrian property visit the equestrian property specialist that you'll find on equestrianlegacy.net now we invite you to take a deep seat in the saddle grab your big cup of coffee and when we come back we're going to be talking with mary Kay on the campfire cafe on equestrian legacy radio heard around the world online at equestrianlegacy.net. Did you come looking for the girl next door? Well, she don't live here anymore. She's got money for her pocket, a Bible for her soul. Gas in the tank and a wide open road. Why she don't work nine to five is your best guess. That's just what happens when girl needs wins. Someday she'll motor to your hometown. Tune up her six string, throw some music down. Songs like bullets that will pierce your pain. Make you feel all back in the saddle again. If you start feeling clammy, a shortness of breath. She's put you into cowboy cardiac arrest. Boy meets girl, girl meets guitar. Pretty soon she's swinging on a Dale Evans star. Started singing for the money, stayed in for the fun. This cowgirl knows how the West is Just hit her, ignore, and take a sharp turn left. That's just what happens when girl meets west. Genoa, Lubbock, Prescott, Encampment, and Elko. She'll go to Lewistown, Alpine, Heber, and Durango. Grab a hot dog and a rock star on her way through Mesquite. Cause every girl knows you are what you eat. Any place folks 
Kay is a multiple award-winning singer-songwriter and tours extensively throughout the United States and Canada with her unique brand of Western roots music. She's a native-born Texan and as a young woman ventured off to Utah where she married her a cowboy. Their family has deep Western roots that go back six generations. Mary Kay now resides in the small Western town of Escalante, a 140-year-old small ranching community in southern Utah where her large family is involved in all things Western. She's been married to her husband, Brad, for 30 years, and they have 10 children. Mary Kay's awards include the 2016 Wrangler Award for Outstanding Original Western Composition, Ride a Wide Circle, presented by the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, in 2013, 14, and 15, she was nominated as Entertainer of the Year by the Western Music Association, Top 2013 Cowboy, Top 2013 Top Cowboy Song, Jealous of the Moon by the American Cowboy Magazine, 2013 Female Performer of the Year by the Western Music Association, 2013 Songwriter of the Year by the Western Music Association, 2013 Spur Award for Best Western Song Any Name Will Do by the Western Writers of America, 2013 Best Solo Musician by True West Magazine, 2012 Song of the Year No Wilder Place by the WMA, and in 2011 Female Performer of the Year by the Academy of Western Artists. Please welcome to the show our good friend, Mary Kay. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Hey, Mary. <laughs> happy, happy, happy birthday to you. Oh, thank happy you. Happy birthday. Thanks. 29. Oh, yes, 29. <laughs> Actually, 29. I'm 49 this year. 49, almost 50, and um, that's, that's a weird deal because I still feel 29. Well, and you still look 29, so that's an even better deal. That's. That's the correct response. Yes. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> uh, gosh. Well, we started out this uh, introduction with the song, The Girls, A uh, Girl Meets West. And uh, you have been doing a really neat video series of your travels and all the gatherings that you've been going to. And you're on your way to another one today, aren't you? For sure. Yeah. I'm heading down to Rio Doso, New Mexico. There's a a big festival there and this will be my first time at this festival and it's always exciting to cover new ground well ruidosa is a beautiful part of the country and uh this is a big deal this is their 26th year for the lincoln county cowboy symposium and uh, a lot of our other friends are going to be joining you there and i noticed that yeah. uh vince gill and the time jumpers are going to be performing with you so yeah, yeah quite a, exciting. Quite a lineup, quite a light up. So if people would like to find out more about the Lincoln County Cowboy Symposium, uh, they can visit cowboysymposium.org and uh, find out more about the acts that are there and see what Mary Kay's schedule is. And you're playing a lot, so you're going to have a big, busy weekend up <laughs> yes. in Redosa. 
Yes, very busy. It's a, it's a lot of singing. In fact, we looked at the schedule, and we invited my daughters to come with me. <laughs> so we've got, we've got Millie and Sophia who sing with me, and that'll help cover, cover the, the ground they'll have us covering for the festival. Oh, that that is great. That is great. And we're gonna we're gonna do a couple of songs, I think, today that um, uh, Millie's performing with you on. But um, talk to us a little bit about family. When I say you have a large family, and then when I tell people that you have ten children, you have had ten children. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I I never had I never had ambitions to sing professionally. It was, um, so I, I just always planned on, on being a mother and I, I just love raising my family. And you, you can imagine at one point we had all 10 under the same roof. I think our oldest Alicia was 17 at the time when I had our youngest Cecilia. And, um, it's, it's a, it's a crazy life, but I feel so blessed because for me, it was a dream come true. And um, now as the kids are growing up and, and moving away, it, it doesn't get any less busy, that's for sure. But <laughs> it, has freed me, it has freed me up to be able to travel with music. And it wasn't until um, I was pregnant with Cece, our youngest, that a friend talked me into buying a guitar. I started playing the first few chords, and that was 10 years ago. So I'm, I'm serious. I had no ambition to sing professionally. <laughs> I couldn't play guitar. It was not in the plans. And so for this to come together the way it has, is just, I, I still consider it a miracle. Well, it's, it's a, that's pretty impressive uh, that, that you only started 10 years ago because you've received so much recognition and so many awards. Actually, I had a couple more that I could have mentioned, uh, but I was running out of breath with that introduction. So we'll blame that on Bobby <laughs> Jean. But um, yeah, 20, 2010, you were Female Performer of the Year and uh, Crescendo Award with the WMA as well. So, I mean, you just hit the ground running with your career. And it's been nonstop since then. And um, talking about your kids and your family, and, and by the way, I cannot imagine having 10 children under one roof. So, no, I could not put myself in that picture and, and, and visualize that. But um I want to get to another song from the CD, and we're going to feature music today from Ride a Wide Circle, which is your latest CD. And this is one that's called The Town That Raised Me. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more with you about uh, the kids and your touring. And we're talking with Mary Kay on the Campfire Cafe on Equestrian Legacy Radio. Summers in hot tar roads, penny candy and sunburnt nose. When my heart found its rhythm, when my first love asked me to go with them. County fair on an August night, 
This town knows how to end a summer right Cotton candy in the rodeo Every face is a face you know A place that's just so good One never quite recovers from a happy childhood This is the town that raised me This is a place where I had room to grow Miles and miles from bright light cities Where time marches on but it marches slow This is the town that raised me And in my heart one thing I know Through all the ups and downs of living I could never get to Ten commandments, one golden rule Summer work on local ranches Football games and high school dances Who wouldn't want to live this way? Why would you ever want to saddle up and ride away? This is the time The Town That Raised Me from the CD Rider Wide Circle. And we're talking with Mary Kay today on the Campfire Cafe. And uh, Mary, you've just, you've recently moved to Escalante. Yes. How, yes. Was, how was that move? And how many, how many of the kids are with you, by the way, now? Well, of the 10, we've got four still at home. And for us to, to move after living in our in our other hometown for 13 years, if you can imagine how painful it was to move. And, you know, we still, people ask us why we did it, and I don't know if we have a great answer other than we just felt like it was the right thing to do. And as you can tell from our track record of having 10 kids, we're not, we're not uh, scared of doing hard or strange things. <laughs> you know, we just, <laughs> we, um, Brad and I just really follow our gut instincts on things, and we just felt like this was the town we needed to be in, moving to Escalante from Manti and 
So the night that I found out we had sold our home, I I didn't make dinner. <laughs> we had cold cereal for dinner, and I wrote oh. that song in one night. And it still is a really difficult song for us to sing as a trio, just because we um, have so much love in our hearts for our our other hometown. Of course, we're falling in love with our new hometown, too, so love just grows. It doesn't diminish, that's for sure. Somebody told me one time, uh, how are your, asked a question, how are your neighbors? And uh, if you answer they're great, it's because you're great people. And uh, oh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, well, I'm sure you have s- settled in well in Escalade. Is that close to Bryce Canyon? It is. It's about 45 minutes east. And it is such beautiful country, Gary. You, you need to plan a, a ride out our way. It's red rock country, blue skies, red rocks. Oh, my gosh. Just beautiful. Yeah, I, I'd love to do that. That's that's on my bucket list. Somebody told me your bucket's getting too full. You need to start emptying some of that. But uh, <laughs> Bryce Canyon in that area of the country is a place that I would love to come and spend uh, a little time out there. Um, the girls are performing with you, and you perform as the K sisters. How has that yes, been I as know. far as being being mama and and leader of a group? It's I love it. For me, it's a dream come true because so much of what I do is traveling. And for the first few years that I was started in Western music, I just. I would just get so homesick. And so my dream was always to be able to drag my kids around so they could meet the people we were meeting who are amazing and see the places that I'm seeing. And so I knew, I knew Millie had a strong voice and I just started working with her. And then I started working with Sophia and now Cece, our youngest and Adeline, our, our 13 year old also are being taught. And it takes a lot of time. It takes time to teach harmony and to teach um, instruments and to find the time to practice. But some of my very favorite moments now of our family time are, number one, taking care of our horses together. That's a hoot with all the girls. Yeah. But yeah. also our, our practice time together is just really precious time and I don't know if I would trade that for anything, but it does take some time away from my songwriting. Um, so it's, it's really hard to stretch myself creatively over so many different regions, but it's just definitely the time and season to be singing with these girls because it's all gone in a moment when they grow up. So we're just enjoying it. I don't know where it'll go, but it's fun for where it is right now. Well, we're looking forward to following that journey and see where it goes. And uh, I want to get to another song. It's called Cowboy Soul. And uh, Millie is actually singing harmonies on this one with you. Uh, You want to tell us about the song? This song was written for one of our sons named Nathaniel. And uh, all the boys, well, most of the boys have cowboyed for wages at one point or another. But Nathaniel he he probably will have this be his profession and so this every word of this song is about him but when i when men um talk to me about this song they think i wrote it about them 
And so <laughs> it's funny how people <laughs> think, oh, you must have written that about me. But in the end of the song, it says something about his mother, something about that was this was not his his mother's idea of his American dream. Anyway, that would be me. So anyway, that's kind of an insight into the song. All right. Well, let's take a listen to Cowboy Soul and talk more with Mary Kay in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. Off like a bullet when the last bell blasted at the last hour of the last day of school. Hey, it wasn't like the others, college-bound cookie cutters. He had a bad taste of pretense and rules. Hired on at the V-bar outside of Green River. Grinned a goodbye and let the gravel fly. Sometimes young dreams need a tank of gasoline and a ribbon of highway to drive. Up the wind while you can't get a ticket all in One look at you and I know You want to make a life, not just make a living You'll go where you want to go Cause you've got a cowboy soul you a fool or a king that kid got tougher his rough edges got rougher he was a swagger and sunburnt 19 wages he earned and the lessons he learned on the v-bar he made a hand his american dream a little wilder it seems than the one his mama had planned Up the wind while you can't get Take it all in One look at you and I know You want to make a life Not just make a living You go where you want to go Cause you've got a cowboy soul Up the wind while you can't get Take it all in One look at you and I know You want to make a life, not just make a living. You'll go where you want to go. Cause you've got a cowboy soul. Cowboy Soul from Rider White Circle, and uh, you, you, this one is for Nathaniel, and uh, you've written one for Alicia. Have you written songs for all of the kids yet? I have a song for Maria, and um, 
No, not all of them. That's a lot of kids and a lot of songs. But I think eventually, before it's all said and done, <clears throat> we'll probably have a song for all of them. Oh, uh, gosh. You go through different different phases, and you want to document it in song and commemorate that particular child. So, Well, there's, there's a whole CD right there just to write about family. <laughs> it's true. That's very it, true. It, that would be a project. That would be a project. Um, you were in you were in Nashville. You were had been down to Georgia for the Booth uh, uh, Center down there, the Western Museum in Georgia. And then I was mm-hmm. privileged to get to visit with you when you were in Nashville, and uh, and it was so cool because I got to meet your dad and some of your other family members, but I did not meet one special person in your life, and that's your mama. And uh, that's true. My mother wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. I was so looking forward to meeting her. Um, But there is a song from the CD uh, called Kivakero. And uh, tell us a little bit about this song. Well, my mother is is Mexican and um, so much, so much of the story of the West and especially horsemanship is um, really rooted so deeply in the vaquero tradition. And so I'm actually learning um, the um, California-style horsemanship from a a wonderful trainer in our town called Dave Trainer, And um, he's just a wonderful horseman, so gifted. And so really this is a journey for me, exploring my roots, my Western heritage, and... So this song is really kind of born out of that. And it was a lot of fun to write. I I still do not perform this live. I just have not worked up enough courage yet. Oh, when, wow. when, yeah, it's, um, it's the Spanish in it that is so difficult. I sing another song that has Spanish in it called Jealous of the Moon, which is a song from another album. And it took me a full maybe year and a half to work up enough courage to sing that live in shows. And now it's a show, it's a song that I couldn't get away with not singing if I tried because people would request yeah. it. So the the time for this song is, is about due. I just need to sit down and make sure I've got all the pronunciation correct and I have the confidence to be able to pull it off. So I love this song, though. It's, it's Millie's favorite song. Well, I love the song, too, and, and I wanted to make sure that we got this on the show today. So let's take a listen to Kiva Caro from Ride a Wide Circle and talk more with Mary Kay. talking only the horses he looks in the eye too old for the young hands to notice too mexican for them to even try light a candle for those young cowboys they soon will swallow their pride they'll see the patron saint of horsemen when that old vaquero rides 
Something timeless is happening here. Can you learn from the old vaquero? Can the old world and new world collide? Can you hear the Spanish angels when the old vaquero rides? When the old vaquero Cabalgando con gracia libre y de Dios, hermano del viento feroz, de cientos de años atrás, misterioso vaquero capaz. ¡Qué vaquero! ¡Qué hombre! ¡Hare! your guitarist oh, on that thank song you. that's michael dowdle and um you can tell by the guitar work at the end that's one, another reason i'm not playing it live yet <laughs> <laughs> i've got to learn that whole solo oh I, gosh I, well, I you, you I, better I learn play that it one slowly i just oh i know i just can't play it like michael quite yet but i should not say can't because i don't believe in that word <laughs> I will. I'll get that song down. Next time I see you, hopefully I'll have that song that I can play live. All right. All right. I look forward to that. I look forward to that. I wanted to ask you, um, because you 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 keep a heavy tour schedule and, and you do juggle so many things in your life, but what is what is life like on the road for an artist? Um. You know, that's why I created this video series, Girl Meets West. I wanted mm-hmm. to try and capture the, the story and the journey with people because I think so many people think 
that this is country music, and country music is great, but Western music is its own unique animal. You know, we're singing, I'm singing for people that are, you know, um, in concert halls that are sitting and listening, and, and people who are in farming and ranching, and it's, I'm not singing, you know, in, in, in bars or places like that. It, these, these trips that I go and sing at are really fascinating and with cowboy poets and the people who organize them are amazing people in different beautiful places of the West. So really for me, the hard part is packing up and leaving home and driving. That's not the fun part, but I had so many hours sitting in the car that I decided I'm going to record these amazing experiences. I'm going to edit them and share this story and invite people to come to these Western music concerts, which are called gatherings. I just think that this is something that is so precious that people need to know about it. Well, I would absolutely agree with that. And, and I thoroughly enjoy the videos that you do. And, um, uh, you, you were just in Durango, weren't you? What was that last week? Yes. Last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a great (laughs) event. It's a tight turnaround, right? (laughs) I get home and and I always unpack. I unpack everything. And then I um, just love being at home. And yesterday I got to um, work with my horse and the trainer that's working with her named Wes Taylor. And uh, then I was planning, I had to drive to plan some Christmas concerts that I'm doing regionally. And I got home late. We packed the coolers, got the girls packed, and Brad got home at 2 in the morning. He had to buy a new dryer because our old one died. May he rest in peace. And uh, we loaded that this morning. I got breakfast in bed for my birthday, and we're on the road. And life is just crazy busy for us. I bet it is. I bet you've been through a few washer and dryers too with 10 kids over, over this period of time. So, <laughs> Yes. And you know, I had to laugh. I had to laugh because the kids, the older children, we all keep in touch with each other by texting and someone took a picture of the dryer and said, RIP, you've done a lot of work for us. And they were mourning the loss of the old dryer, you know, done hundreds and hundreds of loads. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I, I, you know, I was just thinking with that many kids at home, everybody should have their chores. You know, that you, you've got the washing and the drying to do and, you know, you've got the mm-hmm. horses to feed, that type of thing. So yeah. I imagine that's quite a production yeah. in itself. It really is just, a very, it's a group, a group effort. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. And, you know, I used to do things like garden and, and, I, ba- I used to bake. I mean, there are some things that went away. We, um, I still have flowers and stuff in my yard, but I used it's nothing like I used to do with gardening and and baking. It's our life revolves more around, you know, making sure we're we're keeping up on the business side of things and schoolwork and games for the kids and horses. So that's our whole world now. Yeah, yeah. Well, are you are you getting to spend quite a bit of time with your horses do you know i mean i know you're traveling a lot but yeah 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 
we we have I have a Mustang mare and uh, her colts that was that were brought in off the desert where my son was cowboying last summer, and we don't know what their background is. We just knew that they were had the mare had a great temperament and was beautiful. She's beautiful black mare, and so you know this is a new thing for us. We've never had Mustangs before. And it was just an odd thing because two weeks ago I was singing for our local art festival and um, Wes Taylor and his wife Cammie were coming through Escalante. We call it Escalante, not Escalante. But okay. um, they were coming through Escalante and they heard me singing at the gas station. They could hear me over the loudspeakers and they thought, oh, that's Mary Kay. Let's go listen to her. And uh, they came over and they were talking to us about our horses and West runs what's called uh, the Wild West Mustang Ranch, and he travels the country training Mustangs. He does these Mustang makeovers, and he's amazingly gifted with this Mustang breed. And he said, you know what? Let me take your Mustangs with me. I've got three weeks off. Let's work with them. He says, if you can come out here once a week and work with me, let's make it happen. And that night, you know, they weren't even planning on seeing us. We loaded, uh-huh. we loaded Lady and Banded up, and off they went to to work with West. And two days later, he had her under saddle, and I was riding her. And oh, wow. uh, just yesterday, we, yeah, just yesterday, we did some amazing work with her as well. And she's just a great horse, just a good temperament, um, smart, and, you know, of course, beautiful. Don't get me started about my horse. This is going to be a very long show. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, so in love with this mare. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll put my two cents worth in. Don't change your name to Beyonce. So that's that's all I've got to say about that. Any, any... <laughs> oh man! So Gary Gary's referring to a Facebook post I made yesterday. And that's right. If you're not on my face. If you're not on my Facebook page or Gary's, we both really have a lot of fun on Facebook. So you need to join us. But um, That's right. I regret making that post. I regret it because <laughs> all my conservative friends. But you know what it did reveal about me is that I do have a wild side. I do love Beyonce. I'm not going to say I don't. I do. I love her. <laughs> I think some oh, of the gosh. stuff she's done is raunchy, and I don't watch the raunchy stuff. But there is just something so fierce about her and so brave and so innovative. So there I said it. I stand behind yeah. it. And I will well, not change ain't... my mayor's name. Yeah, she, well, don't change your mare's name, but Beyonce actually was in Nashville this week, and I think she had 20-some-odd tractor trailers that brought in the setup for the stage, and it took two days to set up and, and two days to take the thing back down after they finished. So uh, she Amazing. is she is quite the performer. But uh, anyway, let's get to another song. And um, uh, I I think I told you during one of the breaks or something that it's so hard when you're on to pick out music because it's also stinking good and um, thanks Gary so I I pick 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 one of these leaving Cheyenne or loves less stand which which would you prefer oh man I I think loves last stand is such a pretty I mean they both are I don't get a chance to perform loves last stand very often live so let's listen to that Well, let's take a listen to Love's Last Stand, and we've got more music when we come back to talk with Mary Kay.
He was drawn to the damaged look in your eye Like a wreck on the highway as you drive by And he saw in her a woman he'd like to ask for a dance The smile of her back and the smell of her hair Made him feel like the luckiest cowboy there And he almost hated wasting this moment Perhaps the things worth asking Perhaps the things worth the wait Are the things that wise men seek for And fools leave to fate Life gives us the music God sets the time song together you'll call it love's last stand it's about a woman who trades her broken heart for a cowboy's callous She was done with trying to turn a man's head She'd only settle for turning his heart instead And in this quiet man's arms she felt something right She looked up and said, do you like to dance? He said, I do, with a smile and a glance And with those two words, their love song Perhaps the things worth the wait Are the things that wise men seek for And fools leave to fate Life gives us the music God sets the time We write our love songs And hope the words are brave woman and one good man will start their song together they'll call it love's last day it's about a woman who trades her broken heart for cowboys catless tans sure it won't be easy but one lesson they have learned Love's not something they want to fall into It's something they want to earn So tonight on this dance floor One brave woman and one good man Will start their song together They'll call it love 
Love's Last Stand from Ride a Wide Circle. And uh, Mary, you know, when you go through and you listen to the to the uh, uh, album, um, there's quite a bit of variety in the music. I mean, from Kibikero to Love's Last Stand to uh, some of the other music and some of the spoken word that's on this CD. Uh, I was thinking mm-hmm. this morning early that... Um, not only is it just thinking hard to pick out songs because they're all so good, but I was thinking I could just listen to Mary Kay CDs all day. They're so good. Oh, so thanks, Gary. Thank you. Great, great music. So how do you how do you go about selecting the music for the CDs? Well, um, a lot of what I write is informed by the people that I meet and the the different ranching regions that we experience and the the music that i write is very diverse because the west is diverse and uh, people think that it's all you know one thing and i think the american cowboy gets confused with whatever stereotypes people have bunched up in their brain mm-hmm. involving a hat and boots and chewing tobacco or whatever they think but what I see when I travel is incredibly diverse and interesting, and I try and reflect that in the music. And every album that I, I produce as well, I try and honor the roots of Western music, which are those traditional trail songs, which is why I include a song like Leave in Cheyenne or the acapella song that I sang, which is that, um, that or, a cowboy work song, which was called... Um, the Night Herders song, I think is what mm-hmm. it was called. And that was a song that was recorded by a working cowboy when recording equipment was first around. And pe- someone was smart enough to record these old songs. So, you know, the music kind of reflects all of that. And even the name of the album, Ride a Wide Circle, I mean, we're in a car, but that is exactly what Brad and I do when we hit the road. And it's not something I take lightly. I just feel like this huge responsibility to be an advocate for the Western lifestyle, the real authentic Western lifestyle, not yeah, yeah, not what Hollywood says a cowboy is. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. And I would really like to see our young generation coming up have a full appreciation and pride for the occupation of ranching and farming. And to see pride light up in their eyes because there is music just for them, that's what I'm about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I absolutely amen to that. <clears throat> it's interesting. We did, a, we did a special series in September called Cowgirls Rule, and we had real cowgirls. I mean, these are, these are, these are ranching women. You know them. Uh, Trinity Seeley was yes. on, and Caitlin uh, Tosig was on. And, uh, yes, wonderful. Uh, they... they they live the life that they write about. And it's not such an easy life. Um, it's not all what you see on TV, you know, and, uh, and ranching, ranching women, uh, 
have been the backbone, I think, of, of uh, uh, the lifestyle. So what is that saying? Behind every behind every good man, there's a great woman or maybe I shifted some of that (laughs) adjectives around. But I think appropriately so. Yeah, and I, I think I would even expand that to it being a, a, a family effort. And the mm-hmm. song, Ride a Wide Circle, is really about how uh, a successful family ranch, a generational ranch, really takes a monumental family effort to make that happen. And I wanted to honor that and reflect, you know, kind of what I'm seeing. And that's that's kind of what that song's about. Well, you did in that. And let's go ahead and take a listen to Ride a Wide Circle, the title cut from the CD. And we'll be back to talk more with Mary Kay in just a moment. It's the kind of stillness felt only before dawn. He knows just the mare you'll throw aside along. He shakes the bridle and she Huffs a hello. He likes a easy gate when there's many a mile to go. High summer morning, slow trot to the ridge. He feels the power beneath him, but the balance is all his. Checking stock and making plans Cause he's got dreams tied hard and fast And they hold him to this land Yes, he'll ride a wide circle And today he'll ride alone In a saddle that's no rich man's trophy It's a working man's throne He doctors cattle, but he is no physician. He hums a James Taylor tune, but he is no musician. He rides a fence line his daddy's daddy rode before. The same big sapphire ceiling. Same sweet grass floor Cowboy life will take from him A little blood and sweat each day But for a third generation American dream That's a paltry price to pay So he'll ride that wide circle Checking stock and making plans Cause he's got dreams tied hard and fast And they hold him to this land Yes, he'll ride that wide circle Cause he knows he's not alone This range is granddad's dream His daddy's now his own May circle be unbroken by and by, Lord, by and by. 
is a better home waiting in the sky, Lord, in the sky. May the circle be unbroken by and by, Lord, by and by. There's a better So he'll ride that white circle. Ride a wide circle, and uh, that's from the city by the same name. And Mary, it has been so much fun having you on the show and celebrating your birthday. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. It's been fun, yes. Well, it's always fun to have you on the show. And um, uh, I don't know, this may go down as one of my favorite shows. The one that we did with Alicia was kind of a different show, wasn't it? That was a fun show. That was really special. That was that was special to me just to hear her light up talking about horses. It's her gift. Well, you have such a wonderful family. And... Um, we want to make sure that people can connect with you both on Facebook and on your website. So can you tell us what your website is? Yes. So you all you have to do is Google Mary Kay Western Singer, and that's K-A-Y-E, and it'll pull everything up that you need to do to connect with me. Um, but if you want to find my home on the web, my, face, my website, you just go to Mary hyphen k k a y e dot com and when you sign up for your email list you'll be connected to us whenever i come to your your town to sing we'll send shoot you an email let you know so that's the best way to stay in touch all right mary hyphen k a y e dot com is the website you can order music there and uh visit her on facebook as well and if you are anywhere near Ruidosa, New Mexico, this weekend, you want to be able to catch her at the Lincoln County Cowboy Symposium in Ruidosa, New Mexico, a beautiful, beautiful part of the country to be in. And Mary, thanks so much for being with us and safe travels. And again, happy, happy thank birthday you. to you. Ah, we'll thank you, to Gary. You. Thank you. All, All right. right. You talk take care. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right, and uh, we're going to take a break and be back in just a moment. Sometimes you'll feel ten feet tall and bulletproof. Something about those Wrangler jeans and Justin boots, uh-huh. No time to lose and no time to waste You're running for the win and not for the chase uh-huh. But all your dreams are gonna take their toll It ain't easy getting a rock to roll It ain't the 
size of your success, I'm told. It's all about the size of your soul. Are you big enough to get back on? You've been booked off. Are you big enough to keep keeping on the trail? It's real. Are you big enough to stay in the saddle? No matter what may come. Cause your dreams ain't big enough If they don't scare you When I look right in your eyes of root beer brown You're heading for the city You're so done with this small town uh-huh. Raised up right with hay in your hair Wide open spaces, rocky mountain air uh-huh. Just be your own best kind of brave Don't ever be afraid of being afraid If you'll be big enough to pray You'll be big enough in every trail gets rough Are you big enough to stay in the saddle No matter what may come Cause your dreams ain't big enough If they don't scare you some Say hello to your fears And look them straight in the eye There ain't nothing worth doing That ain't worth giving it a try So don't Are you big enough to keep keeping on when the trail gets rough? Are you big enough to stay in the saddle no matter what may come? Cause your dreams ain't big enough. No, they're never nearly big enough. No, your dreams ain't big enough. If they don't scare you so. Well, it's time for Saddle of America, and from Nashville, Tennessee, I'm Gary Holt, and our show is brought to you today by our fine sponsors that you'll find in the general store, where you'll find everything for the horse lover and folks that just love the Western and equestrian lifestyle, and by our Legacy Select horse campgrounds and guest ranches. For the finest riding destinations in North America, be sure and visit our Legacy Select horse campgrounds and guest ranches. And if you're looking for your new home on the range or any type of equestrian property, be sure and check with the equestrian property specialist on our website at equestrianlegacy.net. When we come back, we're going to be welcoming our very special guest today, Jim McGarvey, the executive director of Backcountry Horsemen of America, and his special guest, the legendary outfitter and packer, Mr. Smoke Elser. You're listening to Saddle Up America on Equestrian Legacy Radio, heard around the world online at equestrianlegacy.net. I'm back in the saddle. 
Out where a friend is a friend Where the longhorn cattle feed On the lowly Jimson wheat I'm back in the saddle again I'm riding the range once more And I'm toting my old 44 Where you sleep out every night And the only log is right I'm back in the saddle again Whoopie tie i ho I'm rocking to and fro Back in the saddle again Whoopie tie i go my own way Cause I'm back in the saddle first Thursday of the month and as always we're happy to have our friend Jim McGarvey who is the executive director of Backcountry Horsemen of America with us. Good morning Jim. Good morning Gary how you doing? <laughs> doing fine doing fine and this gentleman that's joining us Mr. Smoke Elser is a gentleman that we have talked about having on the show for six or eight months now so he's with us hi smoke hello hello <laughs> hello good smoke good to, good to hear your voice <laughs> anyway so jim i'm going to let you uh, tell us a little bit about smoke and uh I'm, okay. I'm interested in finding out about more about this gentleman well thanks uh thanks gary he's um one of the almost original members of the backcountry horsemen and probably separated by a few months. Uh, Roll, you've had Roland Cheek on the show, uh, last year. Yes, sir. And, uh, yes, sir. and we've had, and, uh, so smoke, uh, goes, goes back to those days. And I think I was looking at the uh, best way to introduce smoke, give a background is to, um, 
uh, read his uh, award. He won. He was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award by the Backcountry Horseman. Only the fifth person to uh, to get that, and that was in 2014. And I was honored to uh, to go to Montana to Missoula and present the award. And uh, uh, when Montana puts on their state convention, uh, it's bigger than our national convention. Um, there were 300 people in the room, and uh, it was the 40th anniversary of the Missoula chapter, which was the second chapter of Backcountry Horsemen, who now has over 200 chapters, but it was the second chapter. And um, a lot of people in the audience knew that Smoke was going to get this award, but somehow Smoke never found out. And uh, <laughs> people said that uh, uh, <laughs> people said the only time they saw him speechless, and all the time they knew him. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I. <laughs> But I thought I'd read this. If, if I know it's kind of a, a drone to, to read a document, but it's not that long. But I just want to read. It kind of gives a good summary of Smoke, and then we can start rolling into uh, some, some questions and, and, uh, and, and get Smoke rolling because there's no problem there getting him uh, talking about the outdoors and the wilderness. Uh, but just to read this, um, this was in uh, April, uh, beginning of April of 2014 in the Missoula, Montana. Um, now, this, this this award reading this award is for Arnold Smoke Elser of Montana. Smoke arrived in Montana from Ohio in 1955 at, after graduating from the University of Montana with a bachelor's degree in range management and secondary education. He started his life's work in the outdoors. Elser has taught horse and mule packing at the University of Montana since 1964, as the Year of the Wilderness Act, and more than 3,000 students have taken his courses. In 1980, Smoke began teaching packing clinics through the U.S. Forest Service Nine Mile Wildlands Training Center. His students have included Navy SEALs, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, state game wardens, FBI agents, as well as the U.S. Border Patrol. He's been a wilderness outfitter and guide for over 45 years. During that time, he has practiced the art of light on the land equine use as certified by the National Outdoor Leadership School as a Master of No Trace instructor. He has set the standard for private, public, and government agencies. He certainly set the standard. Um, for many years, Smoke served on the board of directors of Montana Backcountry Horsemen and the Nine Mile Pack Train. He's been part of Montana Outfitters and, Outfitters and Guides Association, the Bob Marshall Wilderness Foundation, as well as the board Advisory Board of Elders for the Montana Wilderness Association. He was instrumental in a film between the U.S. Forest Service and the Backcountry Horsemen of Montana that took two youth groups in the Bob Marshall Wilderness to experience a true pack trip. This film was shown at the 2014 Backcountry Horseman, and it's been on PBS uh, in Montana, and it's uh, you can be seen online by Googling uh, three miles an hour. It's uh, it's to see a philosopher not only working but philosophizing on the, on the, on the wilderness. Uh, to go a little bit further, uh, Smoke is a member emeritus of the advisory board of the College of Forestry and Conservation at the University of Montana, and he has co-authored the well-known and used book, Packing in, in on Horses and Mules. Mr. Elser had a hand in forming backcountry horsemen. Um, and as Ken Oth, one of the founders, has said, after forming in the winter of 1973, we had a van load of guys from Missoula <laughs> join us at a summer meeting to find out more about what we were doing. Um, Smoke had seen an article in the newspaper and organized some friends and hauled them up to Columbia Falls in the Platted Valley. Um, he uh, he did this frequently whenever there's a meeting about wilderness, land management, or anything related to conservation. He has a, Smoke has a general, genuine love of horses as well as a genuine wilderness ethic. He realized horsemen had no one representing them on public lands. Um, 
except until the Backcountry Horsemen. Um, this meeting eventually resulted in the formation of Backcountry Horsemen in Missoula, the inclusion of Salmon, Idaho, Backcountry Horsemen, the Bitterroot Chapter in 79, culminating in the National Backcountry Horsemen of America. Um, Smoke has been a lead liaison with Region 1 U.S. Forest Service and Montana Backcountry Horsemen, and is well known to many U.S. Forest Service personnel that went on to Washington, D.C. as the chief and the directors. Um, and so it is fitting with all the history and support and participation of Backcountry Horsemen that Smoke Elser be awarded the Backcountry Horses in America uh, America Legacy Award, Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, so that's, I don't, I, it says something, but it doesn't say it all. Uh, I, uh, I I just want to, I'm going to turn over to Smoke in a minute, but we, uh, last time, we had dinner uh, a year ago uh, in the summer of 2015. Uh, Cindy and I were at uh, in Missoula going out. Uh, with Mac, Connie Long, and the B- Bob Marshall Wilderness, and we sat at the restaurant. Uh, Smoke and Thelma, his wife Thelma, and me and Cindy, and Connie and Mac, and, and another couple that uh, that are backcountry horsemen and neighbors of Smoke's. And we were there three hours and twenty minutes. I kind of timed it because we had a reservation to sit there, and nobody went to the bathroom. Uh, we just talked, <laughs> listened to Smoke, <laughs> and it was. I mean, we. Not to say we weren't having a beer or two, but it was it, it also, but it, it uh, just everybody didn't want to miss a word. And so uh, um, even took a video a little bit of some time to smoke. But Smoke, I was interested uh, that, that you're a Buckeye from Ohio where I grew up, right? That's correct. Yeah, you bet. So uh, can you tell us a little bit of that Ohio and how you ended up in Montana? Or... Well, I uh, I graduated from high school in Ohio and, and uh, decided that I'd come to the University of Montana uh, to take up forestry, and uh, that's kind of how I got out here. And uh, when I got to Montana, I took a look at the mountains and I looked at the at the people in in Montana, and I said, "Boy, this is where I'm going to stay." And you know, I I haven't hardly been to Ohio since. Well, there's a little difference between Ohio and Montana. I'm having grown up there uh, for sure, and uh, uh, you know, farm. Uh, what part of Ohio were you born in? I was born near Youngstown, uh, Cleveland area. Oh, yeah. I was in Dayton, so okay. So, but yeah, it's, it's some difference. And uh, I think one thing, there's a little bit of cold weather, especially in Cleveland. Uh, not quite some of the Montana winters, but uh, so it does acclimate you a little bit. But uh, uh, well, you you came out during the summers, didn't you? And worked on the with 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 Packers back then, and when you were going in the, going out there in the summer, was that what happened? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I worked at the Whitetail Ranch. Uh, Tom Edwards, uh, he introduced me to uh, the wilderness and to the backcountry and, and how to be an outfitter. Uh, and from then on, boy, my heart was set on being an outfitter and riding horses the rest of my life. <laughs> well, uh, how did you meet Thelma? Well, it was kind of a blind date. I was working for the Forest Service at that time, and and I met her on a on a blind date. Uh, matter of fact, I missed that blind date about three times uh, because I got <laughs> called out on fires, and I couldn't make the date. So, uh, so I kind of stood her up three times. But finally, we got together, and and uh, she loved the outdoors. And she was born here in Montana, and she knew a lot about it, and was kind of uh, born in a in a cabin in the hills. Well, the uh, so you were you were going into the uh, to the Bob Marshall. Uh, before there was the Wilderness Act. That's correct. Yeah, I started going into the Bob Marshall in 1957. Well, can you can you tell us uh, uh, just how 
how it was back then. I know I've seen some pictures with the long, you know, lots of people or just how, how was the, the land treated before the Wilderness Act? Well, it was, it was treated well. The Forest Service had good management of it. Uh, however, uh, there wasn't hardly any people in there. And uh, uh, it was kind of managed as a, as a reserve, more or less. And as time went on uh, and the Wilderness Act was passed, then it became a, a major recreational area. Uh, and it's still a kind of wild area. Uh, it's a million and a half acres. Uh, you can get to it by, by trailheads only, and the only way you can travel in there is by foot or by horseback or muleback if you like a mule. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I think for some of the folks, uh, this the equine, and it's probably most horse-oriented uh, versus mule, uh, a lot of the listeners, but uh, I think that people, if a good place to find out how valuable a mule is riding one, uh, not alone packing, is in the Bob Marshall, where you ride along some cliffs, and uh, just put in your mind the, the, the uh, kind of the wildness or the, the freakiness of a spooked horse on a a trail along a cliff versus one on a on a, a mule. Is that is that correct? Uh, would, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, mules are very sure-footed, and uh, generally they're not going to hurt themselves. Horses sometimes go go a little get a little crazy and can't hurt themselves pretty easy. And that mules rider. don't. <laughs> yeah. So what you would say with the Wilderness Act, though, sort of brought attention to the Bob Marshall Wilderness for for more folks to go in. That's right. It's called the Crown of the Continent, and it uh, it uh, brought attention to it, but uh, it also encouraged uh, outfitters to uh, take people from all over the world and introduce them to wilderness. And in introducing them to wilderness, they also interpreted the wilderness and how it how mm-hmm. it came about, and uh, about all the plants and the, the animals and all everything that's in the wilderness. So the outfitters are really uh, they're a group of teachers who uh, taught wilderness and taught people how to respect it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for folks listening that may not know, Montana's pretty big. Uh, it's in the upper northwest corner, uh, a little bit off the center, and it's right next to Glacier National Park, which is right next to the Canadian border. So um, it's on up there. Could you tell us maybe some some of the Give a little visual description of, of what the Bob Marshall looks like, or what your favorite places are. Or, you know, things yeah, like let that. me try. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to do that. Uh, you know, you start out at about three thousand feet, uh, and you could go all the way up to over seven thousand feet in the Bob Marshall, all on trails, trails built for and and maintained by horses. Uh, and it's, uh, it has uh, long, wide valleys in some areas of it, uh, such as the Danaher Valley. It's a big, wide area, about 10 miles uh, wide or long and about three miles wide. Uh, it was used uh, at one time. It was homesteaded and used for grazing cattle. And then, of course, you can get on into the higher country, uh, get up around the Chinese Wall, which is a, uh, a sheer drop of about 1,000 feet in some places. Uh, and it's a uh, it's a part of the Lewis overthrust, which is uh, the plate system of uh, mountain building, and uh, where the the uh, west side uh, slid up over the east side of the mountains and created a cliff that runs for about 20 miles along the uh, the eastern side of the the wilderness. 
the Sun River country is beautiful country, big open meadows, uh, uh, as well as excellent fishing. Uh, then you get over the go over the divide. Uh, the Continental Divide is the Chinese Wall, by the way, and you can come over into there and drop into White River. Uh, it's a beautiful river that comes right off the Chinese Wall, runs down, and connects into the South Fork of the Flathead, uh, which flows north, by the way. Uh, and uh, you can come out at Hungry Horse uh, at Glacier Park. As a matter of fact, I took parties in that that we actually started from Glacier Park and came into the wilderness from the northern end. Uh, we were only uh, 25, 30 miles from, from Canada at that time. Uh, and you can also come in from the southern end. Uh, uh, Ovando, uh, the Route 200, uh, goes right along the edge of the Bob Marshall, uh, within about 20 miles of the Bob Marshall all the time. And uh, there you can enter, go through, uh, go up to Red Mountain, which is a very high peak, over 7,000 feet. You can actually ride to the top of that mountain on trails. Uh, you can get into some lakes in there. There's a whole series of little lakes. Uh, oh, let's see, uh, Parker Lake, Webb Lake, Hart Lake, Twin Lakes. Uh, and you can, they're great fishing, but they're not real big lakes. Uh, most One of them was built pretty, primarily by a beaver. And then, of course, you can go on down the, the, uh, the North Fork of the Blackfoot. You can come in that way as well as go down and come out on the down on the Clark Fork, uh, which is in Missoula. But uh, you can go north and over the divide again into the Danaher and down through, um, let's see, down through uh, the, the, the basin of uh, Basin Creek and Camp Creek and then hit Young's Creek, which is, uh, comes in from the west and joins the, the uh, Danaher Creek, forming the south fork of the Flathead. Hang on down uh, that way. You can go into the, you get to the headquarters of the Forest Service in the Bob Marshall. However, it's only maintained about four or five months of the year because it's closed during the winter. And that's a station that is just a, a couple, a few buildings, uh, no electricity, uh, no running water or anything like that other than out of a spring. And uh, that's kind of the heart of the Bob Marshall. That's where all the trail crews for the Forest Service start out. And then you can go west from there and come out over over uh, Holland Lake Pass and drop into Holland Lake on the Swan and Sealy Lake side of the Bob Marshall, which mm-hmm. is the west side. And uh, you can travel just about anywhere you want to go in there. I believe I've been on most all of the trails. Well, you, your kids, uh, I think I heard they calculated how many nights you spent in the Bob Marshall. Yeah, they figured it was about 22 years. That I oh, slept wow. in a sleeping bag. Twenty-two years wow. of nights. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they calculated that for a, a project in school. Uh, they took all <laughs> our trips and and put it together and and uh, figured out how many nights I slept in a sleeping bag. <laughs> that's uh, I don't know if that's a world record, but it's it's got to be close. I, um, Twenty-two years of nights. That's just, that's really something. Um, did you have, you know, any, uh, what's your best experience or your worst experience or, you know, just, I don't want to like something bad happen, but the must, you know, after 20, 22 years of nights, you've had really great experiences and probably some not so great ones. Uh, did weather was as weather, you know, got you caught several times or what? What do you think, you know, on that? Oh yeah. I've, I've been caught in the weather. You know, uh, I sleep out under the stars almost every night. 
And the reason I don't like to sleep in a tent is that I need to keep an eye on my stock. So I want to keep my eye on my horses. So I usually sleep out with the picket horses or uh, just under maybe a little tarp of of a fly that I set up. Uh, But there's been lots of experiences. I've woken up, I've gone to bed in the evening, stars shining bright everywhere, and woke up in the morning with uh, heavy clouds and about four inches of snow laying on top of my sleeping bag, and uh, with uh, grizzly tracks uh, and bear tracks all around it. Uh, but, you know, my old horse stood right there and watched me, and I was lucky that way, but uh, my horses uh, actually take care of me all the time. Well, the um, now you maybe tell us a little bit about because uh, folks, you know, uh, I know that Connie and Mac Long now are the Bob Marshall uh, Wilderness Outfitters. Think they uh, took the business over from you, but maybe you could describe what a, a pack trip is like or what happens, or you know, because I know you had a lot of loyal folks who would come back year after year or many times. Maybe maybe explain to folks just what in, what is on a pack trip. What would they think about? If they they did that, what would they see and do? Yeah, uh, I guess, first of all, you know, we never advertised. All of our business came by word of mouth and and was passed on. (laughs) uh, We didn't have any brochures or to go to any shows or anything like that. Uh, We just sat at home, and that's where I'm at right now. I'm out in the barn looking out at a couple of horses and a mule. And... uh, but at any rate, we uh, a pack trip kind of starts out with somebody inquiring. And uh, what we tell them is that, by golly, if you're interested in, a, in an experience uh, that you won't ever forget, it'll be one of a lifetime, come with us. And uh, we usually start out, you know, and we pick them up at a hotel in, in Missoula or in, in Great Falls or Kalispell, uh, haul them to the end of the road. We introduce them to a good, gentle horse a horse that we know uh, they can trust. Uh, and we pack up our all the gear, including their their duffel and their sleeping bags and so forth, and all of our gear, uh, which tents and, and uh, flies and, and kitchen gear, and we start up the trail. And as we start up the trail, the first thing we do is try to introduce them to their horse. We teach them how to, how to handle the horse a little bit and, and what to do and what not to do. And, uh, you know, the horse is kind of the driver, but uh, still you want to you wanna make sure that everybody understands how the horse works. And uh, anyway, we travel up the trail, and as we travel along, uh, I'll explain, oh, there's Dr. Lake, and I'll tell him a little story about Dr. Lake. And, and when we hit the Whiskey Ridge, uh, that's where a, a man uh, lost a mule load of uh, whiskey that was going into a hunting camp. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, we just travel on and, and explain everything. We come along, you know, I'll, I'll reach out and grab a, a needles off of a, a tree along the way, and I'll tell them about the tree. It's a, either a ponderosa pine or a lodgepole pine, or it could be a spruce, or it could be a, a Douglas fir. And I tell them a little bit about that uh, as we go. And then, of course, when we hit camp, uh, that's when things kind of get uh, rather interesting for everybody because the first thing we do is drop all the loads and, get the horses all taken care of first, and then we set up camp, set up tents. Uh, as their tents are set up, why the guests then uh, we put their duffel in their tents, and they sort through and maybe get out a fishing rod, and we take them down to the river, and they can fish. Or sometimes we just take them out in the meadow, and they can just look at the country. Because uh, <laughs> from almost every one of our camps, uh, you'll see all kinds of different things. Uh, Fossil Mountain, for instance, 
Speed Youngskrik uh, that was that has a lot of fossils on the top of it, uh, and, or you can look right down into the river and see right to the bottom of a of a hole that might be ten feet deep because the water is absolutely clear uh, and clean. Uh, so uh, those are the things that we try to do, and we, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll have our guests uh, just just take a look at the country around them. And it's amazing how many people haven't walked in grass in their bare feet. And we'll let them <laughs> you know, do we that. Wanna, <laughs> we want we want to take a we want to take a quick break, and um, uh, when we come back, uh, I, I'd like to find out a little bit about the kind of people that you've taken back into the back country on this. But Smoke, I was going through and selecting songs for the program today, and this one is one f- that I picked out just for you. So let's take a listen to this one. It's by Lily Roberts, and it's called In Love with Montana, and we'll be right back. Just the strap and stirrup Walking easy down the road Open the gate, make sure it's closed Time to think and laugh, of course Friends help to ease the load Think I'm falling in love with Montana We're green Cover the mountain still Think I'm falling in love With the blue sky up above And the sound of the eagle on the hill Walking through the wildflowers Just in time for summer showers Horses take a bite to hills, breathing deep and take my fill, feeling good cause I'm with you. I think I'm falling in love with Montana, where green trees cover the mountain still. Think I'm falling in love with the blue sky up above. Sound of the eagle on the hill Learning lessons from a friend Learning love that never ends For shoes hung above the door Brush them down and say goodbye We'll ride again up in the sky His great granddad would shining Jump the pump, leaving behind 
trouble. Cowgirls forever, grand. Get a hat, get a friend, get a song and ride the wind, and get a special feeling for this land. I think I'm falling in love with Montana, where green trees cover the mountains. That's Lily Roberts in love with Montana. She paints a pretty good picture in that song, doesn't she, Smoke? <laughs> you bet. Yeah. Well, the, uh, yeah. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the kind of folks that um, uh, that come for uh, an experience in the backcountry. You were talking about some folks that had never even seen grass. What, what kind <laughs> of folks come and what kind of changes have you seen from the beginning to the end of a trip? Well, all kinds. You know, all kinds of guests come, uh, heads of corporations, but also shoe salesmen, gas station attendants, uh, butchers, uh, uh, farmers, all types of people come. Uh, we've even, we've had some senators, we've even had uh, uh, the president, uh, son, come with us. But all kinds of people come. And you know what they do? They yeah, uh, they put their quarters and nickels into a jar, you know, and save it for a couple of three years, and then they come on a trip with us. And what we try to do is we try to interpret that country to them and and build it so that they they don't want to leave. First of all, uh, and maybe uh, in some ways that's kind of unfortunate because some of them have moved out here since then. Uh, but uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, they've actually bought land and moved out here. But but still, <laughs> what we try to do is is give them something to dream about. And uh, the wilderness and the Bob Marshall is the biggest dream you'll ever have in your whole life. Because it, you know, uh, that's what we try to do with our guests. We we in, we try to teach them about the wilderness, how it came about, uh, why it's there, and all of its beauty uh, that we can. But we also let them experience it for themselves. We let them explore. And uh, that's part of the thing that we do. And yes, like I say, they come from all, everywhere. You can't, I can't tell you. I've even had my neighbors go on pack trips with us. And they live oh, right wow. here in Montana. And, uh, <laughs> wow. you know, they, they're members right here. And they, they could go to the wilderness tomorrow morning if they wanted to. But instead, they'd like to go with somebody that, uh, can show them a little bit about the country and interpret the the fauna and the wildlife and the and the uh, the plants and the animals that, that live in there, and that's what we try to do. That's our our main goal. And uh, the guests, uh, a lot of times they they come. So most of them, quite a few of them, will come every other year, every four years, every three years. Some of them come every year for ten, twelve, fourteen, fifteen <laughs> years in a row. Never wow. miss a year. Wow. Uh, sometimes they they come in June and then they'll come in August 
and then they may even come into our hunting camp uh, to, to experience the snow on the ground and, and to experience the, the high country uh, when it's, uh, you know, 10, 10 degrees above zero and, and uh, wind blowing and snow on their face. So uh, well. that's, that's the kind of people that come. And when they, when they leave here, that's how I get my business. When they leave here, they, they spread the, the news that, hey, there is a place that you can go and really enjoy the backcountry and enjoy a good horse. You know, there's, there's nothing uh, any better for the inside of a man than the outside of a horse. That's right. That is right. Well, I was going to ask the question when you were talking about your neighbors and uh, um, if a person, you know, our listeners out there that that are listening to this and they've watched some of the video, they've heard about the Bob Marshall, uh, the best way for them to experience the Bob, I would think would be to connect with an outfitter rather than just bringing your horses in yourself and trying to take off by yourself. Yeah, that's correct. Because we know the trails that are open, the trails that you can get through. We know when the high water comes. We know when there's uh, when you can travel in most of the area. Uh, we know when you can get into the high country and not have to fight snowdrifts. Uh, so the outfitters know that that bit, that end of it. Okay. Well, you know, that, you know, talking about um, uh, how it changes you. I just uh, on my on my uh, iPhone. Uh, my weather app, I have, you know, where we live and where my daughters live to see what the weather is. But I also have Columbia Falls, Montana. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, so uh, look to see all this storm, you know, coming in tonight. There's going to be, you know, uh, snow coming in or what the temperature is. It's just and then you kind of close your eyes, you can see the mountains. Um, and uh, so it it it, does, it really affects, it changes you, uh, changes your outlook. And uh, just kind of close your eyes and put yourself back there. What's happening along that creek that I swept along, so I can see. Um, see, you know, Smokey, we're talking. You give description of 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 how the uh, the pack trip week goes during the day, but it's it, the, the one of the complexities that is being able to feed ten or twelve people for seven days and nights. Uh, that's kind of a complex job, isn't it? Uh, Maybe you could talk a little bit about that and, and how that might how that works. Well, yes and no. Uh, you know what what you do is you make friends with twelve individual people, and those people all have stories that they love to tell you, and that's what I like. Uh, you know, a good listener is sometimes a real good thing to have, and uh, so a lot of times I'll when I we get into the campfire and the, the fire is burning real nice and everybody's real comfortable and everybody's got a a cup of coffee or a cup of hot chocolate, and we're just sitting there. I'll ask a question of somebody, and they'll say, "Oh yeah, well I uh, I sell shoes in in a little town in in uh, Indiana," or uh, <laughs> and then they'll tell me a little bit about themselves. You know uh, how their dad and mother raised them, and where they're where they got their their groceries, and all those kind of things. And that's most interesting to me because I find out a lot about all of my guests. And mm-hmm. I want to know about them. I want to know how they feel and why they're here. And and um, and then I want to be able to send them home uh, with Montana. Well, I think I just learned when again with Cindy and I were out with Connie and and and, and Mac uh, in the Bob last last uh, last summer, 2015. One of the Wranglers there 
was carrying a guitar box, a, a case, and it was Smoke Elser's guitar that he had for 50 years, and this young fellow had it. Uh, maybe you could tell a little bit about that that fellow, and I guess he he studied under you, and then he was got the guitar to take out. Yeah, that's right. That's Jackson. Yeah, he. Uh, I I carry we carry the guitar all the time, and my wife actually carried a little keyboard uh, when we'd go. Uh, she ran a lot of trips on her own, and and I her and I would go on many trips, and we carried a keyboard and a guitar. And uh, somebody I'd play, or somebody would play in the in the in the party. You'd be amazed how many people can play a guitar or can play a keyboard. Uh, and, you know, that uh, that young man uh, borrowed the guitar and, and used it for, uh, well, he's got it there right now. Yeah, that, um, uh, yeah, and he sang, he sang uh, it, was, it was fun. Uh, I got a double, triple memory there just thinking of him playing on your guitar. And uh, good young man. And, yes, uh, big great wrangler great young man um one thing that uh maybe you could talk a bit about um so in 2014 when cindy and i went to montana for the state beast backcountry horseman meeting uh we visited um smoke's house uh, visited smoke and selma a couple of times at one time you you gave us um a boat a tour of of your uh, training barn and that and and uh, a couple of interesting things um one i want to come back to about your horseshoes on the wall um, but what I, when you were showing Cindy some tack and things, I was uh, looking at a, a diorama box. You know, that's the kind of thing that uh, a diorama that they have museums that it has a setting or something that kind of a light box. And, and I looked in it, could see a, a saddle and and some other items. And then I asked you what that was about. And then you started telling me uh, some of the uh, stories about who you do train for the federal government and. Maybe go into that a little bit, uh, Smoke, because uh, but what's in that diorama? And then you kick, you brought out a modern day uh, <laughs> camo box. Maybe you could tell the folks a little bit what all that means. Yeah, uh, what we're doing, you know, I I collect saddles, all kinds of saddles. I have saddles that date back to 1850s, uh, and I I like to collect them, and I I collect mainly pack saddles mostly. However, I do have a lot of other saddles, and. Uh, I learned from those saddles how the animal carries the load and how I'm able to pack him going down the trail. So that makes a lot of difference with the with my students and a lot of these saddles that we've uh, the different saddles that we've come across are military saddles. And of course uh as you know we've been in the Iraq and and uh, Afghanistan now for quite a while and uh those men over there found out right quickly that there wasn't any any uh, roads that were really usable. Uh, so they could either fly, walk, or ride a horse. And a lot of them uh, decided they would rather pack and ride a horse. So we have our military learning how to pack and how to handle stock in the backcountry and in uh, war conditions. So that's that's about it. Uh, I have several of those dioramas here in the barn. I'm looking at one right now behind me. <laughs> well, what was that? The one I saw was well, it was a McClellan, but it carried a, a small cannon. Or uh, that's right. It, it was an it's an Aparejo saddle. They were built okay. in about eighteen between eighteen sixty and eighteen eighty, and they were built primarily to carry a seventy five millimeter field howitzer. Wow! And uh, the saddle that you were looking at has a, a yoke in it that the, where the tube or the barrel right. 
sat. And uh, that saddle, by the way, the saddle weighs about 100 pounds. So it's a very oh. heavy saddle. Then it, then it carries a cannon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then it carries yeah. a cannon. Well, the, um, um, you know, you did uh, a couple of, well, the videos, uh, uh, the one with three miles an hour that uh, gets a lot of play been on TV and, and uh, uh, I think it's kind of fascinating uh, just to watch over again and again. Maybe tell a little bit about what, what was trying to be done in that uh, that video um, and who was in it and, and and what was what we were trying to show by having that video. Yeah, well, first of all, Bob Marshall Wilderness Outfitters, Mac and Connie Long, they were the, the hosts, more or less, the, the Packers. And uh, what we tried to do with that is to show people what a real pack trip is, what it's all about. Uh, you know, we loaded the animals, we went up and down trails, we looked at different things all along the way. And uh, the idea of the film was to to give everybody the idea of what a real pack trip is. You know, most people, if you hear somebody that's gone on a, on a pack trip into the wilderness or into the backcountry, they say, holy cow, what is that? And that's what we were trying to do is interpret that that particular feeling. And, of course, it was probably uh, one of my last really long pack trips. Uh, I'm getting pretty old to go in the hills anymore, although I still go in. I was in twice this year. We took some 470 mm-hmm. personnel in. <laughs> the, um, then, you, you, then this past summer of 2015, uh, you did another video with the Forest Service and, and uh, about Leave No Trace in the backcountry. I haven't... I'm looking forward to seeing that. I haven't seen it yet. I know they. I think the Forest Service is just getting the discs out, but I have not seen it yet. Could you tell folks a little bit about what we're trying to do in that in that video? Well, uh, the backcountry horsemen is leaders in the whole country in stock leave no trace. That is, we try to go through the background of the backcountry, uh, whether it be wilderness or just the, the front country, actually, and not leave any sign that we've been there. And that's what this film is all about. It's uh, it comes out in about uh, I think there's 12 segments, and they uh, they come out and show people that they can use the wilderness, use the backcountry, use the front country, and not really leave any trace, so that it's there for future generations, for perpetuity, just like the Wilderness Act says, uh, forever. And if people learn how to do that. Uh, you know, everybody thinks it's real hard to do. It's not hard. It's common sense, and it's something that everyone should be willing to do at any time. And it's uh, leave no trace. And the, the backcountry horsemen of, of America is the leaders in stock leave no trace. And that's the hardest thing to do because, you know, you're working with a 1,000-pound animal, and you have to teach him also or her how to uh, to maneuver in the backcountry and leave little or no trace, and that's what we're trying to do with that. Well, you know, I think that yeah, the, you meant the, the, it, it applies the front country. I think what I've heard in that video, and, and yep. a lot of it can apply to the front country where a lot of folks ride ninety percent of the time, and uh, um, so a lot to learn there because that's where ninety percent of the non-horse people see traces, and so I think it's it's yeah, it's. Uh, Looking forward to that. Yeah, I, that I think it's a place. real good thing. I think it's something that we all have to pay attention to and uh, leave this country uh, for future generations. The um, uh, Gary? 
Yes, sir. I'm going to turn it back to I'll, you and see if I give you right. a test to see if you can uh, do any getting good on the on the radio interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> My audition, but uh, uh, yeah. anyway, no, we we shared a we shared a video on our Facebook page, uh, Smoke, about the Blackfoot yeah. Clearwater Stewardship Program, and can yeah. you tell us what that is and what its importance is? You bet. First of all, it's a collaborative of a whole bunch of people. That is, uh, we have loggers, we have outfitters, we have uh, hikers, we have conservation people, wilderness association people, wilderness society people uh, in, a, in our group. And there were, there's about 15 of us. And what we're trying to do is to, to uh, first of all, recognize the Lolo Forest Management Plan and make sure it's followed. That's the first thing. The second thing is wildlife habitat. We're highly interested in that. And the third thing is we're trying to uh, add about 83,000 acres to the southern end of the Bob Marshall. Now, why wow. would you want to do that? Well, we'd want to do that mainly because it is ideal habitat for a lot of different animals, including mountain goats, uh, wolverine, uh, uh, marten, uh, those kind of animals. Fisher, actually, also in that area. So that's what we're trying to do. And we, what we've done is we've worked for about 10 years trying to get a bill uh, through Congress that would uh, protect this land and uh, recognize that, uh, that the wilderness plans or forest plans, management plans are good and they need to be activated and used throughout. And, uh, of course, we're also trying to set aside this little piece of land that happens to have a a strong population of uh, mountain goats that haven't been interrupted hardly at all. And uh, so we're trying to add that to the, to the wilderness. But we have ranchers and loggers and, and sawmill workers, uh, all of them interested. We have almost no objections to this plan. However, it's just seemed to, uh, we just can't seem to get it through, and we're trying to get it through Congress now. Uh, Senator Tester is carrying it for the for the state of Montana, and uh, we're hoping Zinke and and uh, Senator Danes will come on too. Okay. Good. Um, well, I the, think uh, one of the smoke things. Smoke, 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 yeah. the, the, I was just going to say I think one of the things that's important about uh, uh, preserving our our wild areas and the habitats, um, uh, like the Blackfoot Clearwater Stewardship Program. Uh, things that are important like the leave no trace it doesn't make any difference what part of the country that you're in uh it's important to everyone for us to uh preserve areas for future generations and uh for people that enjoy trail use whether it's on horseback or on foot to be able to continue to experience that and enjoy it and um, i did want to mention that we have posted on our website, uh, the the program, three miles per hour. So if they want to go to visit EquestrianLegacy.net, they can watch mm -hmm. that documentary right there from our website. And uh, I've watched it once a, a couple of years ago, and parts of it this time, and I'm going to take the time this weekend to go back and take a look at the entire program again, um, because Smoke's a pretty good-looking fellow. He shows up good on TV. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and um, beautiful country as well. But we got we've got yeah. just about uh, we got about three minutes left, Jim. 
Well, I did want to mention, uh, touch on the political. It's an important uh, uh, event happened in the past 10 days. Uh, you know, we've been talking uh, every month about the uh, National Trail Stewardship Bill um, in front of Congress, uh, and it's been in front of Congress for three years. Well, the House of uh, Representatives uh, passed it um, Thursday a week ago and um, uh, by a voice vote. Uh, and uh, so that which was really great. There was no no votes in the voice votes. Uh, so but the, then it was moved over for the next action from the Agricultural Committee in the Senate. But they got bogged down with um, uh, appropriations, I guess. I guess to keep the lights on uh, in the government is more important than our trails bill. But anyway, it's it's uh, we're hoping to get it in the lame duck um, uh, session coming up after the general election to see because we're very close. Uh, to doing this, and so it's, it's we've been working hard with 112 uh, different organizations uh, to get this bill through, and uh, we're we're just so close, and and so looking forward to that, and uh, uh, keeping those trails open um, in the Bob Marshall and and all across the country. So, um, well, I hope we have good news and uh, before the new Congress, anyway, by the end of the before just after the new year. Uh, so well, hope, that on the political so. realm. Hope so. Yes. Well, you know, we're going to have to have smoke back on because we didn't touch on a lot of things that we could have yeah. uh, in this conversation. So, Smoke, would you come back and join us again sometime? I would love to anytime. I would love to have you back. And, <laughs> and uh, Jim, you're hired. You can, you can co-host <laughs> okay. first Thursday of the month when we have Backcountry Horsemen on. And uh, oh, it's been a lot really of fun good. listening to some of these stories and, uh, and some of the information mm-hmm. that's been shared. And we want to remind our audience that um, you can catch the archived show. It will be available about 20 minutes later. So if you want to go back and listen again and share this with your friends, they can go to our website and listen to the archived show after the live show's over with uh, in about 20 minutes. So that would be a great thing. But anyway, Smoke, thank you for being with us. Jim, thank you. We want thank to remind you, folks to tune in this Sunday morning for Blessed Trails with Belinda Gale beginning at 9 o'clock. And uh, she'll have a great guest that joins her, seven-time female performer of the year. So we're tickled to have Belinda with us and share inspiring stories from her guest, as well as some great music. And then next Thursday, beginning at noon on the Campfire Cafe, Eli Barcy joins us. Great Canadian cowgirl and singer will be with us. And then Robert, the Trailmeister Eversoul, will be with us for Saddle of America. So, uh, interesting, interesting stories from, um, from Robert. He now has a mule. So okay. good. We're, we're kind of keep up with him and his mule search, but anyway, guys, it's well, been great to have you with us. Yes. Go ahead, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. So I just say Thank that you. Robert's from, Ohio. Robert's from Ohio too. A lot of good. Folks yeah. A lot of good folks. <laughs> yeah. from Ohio. A lot of good folks. And they all ended up out West somehow, except Jim and he drifted down to Georgia so close to me but anyway it's been a fun show great to talk with smoke and uh, we thank our audiences always for listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio's programs we remind you that if you climb in the saddle get ready for the ride on Equestrian Legacy Radio heard around the world online at equestrianlegacy.net and we'll close the show out today with a great song by Terry Brown called Blue Skies Always and that's what we wish you Thanks for listening.
into Old Navy today for up to 40% off store-wide on your favorite styles like jeans from $19 and sweaters from $15 for adults. Plus, redeem your super cash now to save even more at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. 40% off and super cash valid 1021 to 1029. Select styles only. Rush into Old Navy today for up to 40% off store-wide on your favorite styles like jeans from $19 and sweaters from $15 for adults. Plus, redeem your super cash now to save even more at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. 40% off and super cash valid 1021 to 1029. Select styles only.